Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better, helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh Robb and Austin Wilson. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Invested Dads Podcast, a podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future. I am Austin Wilson, research analyst at Hickson Zerker Capital Management. And I am Josh Robb, director of financial planning at Hickson Zerker Capital Management. So, Austin, how can people help us with this podcast? Well, specifically with this special episode, which yes. we're talking about in a second. Super special. We would love it if you would email us any questions, any ideas, any thoughts you have yeah. to hello at the investeddads.com. We read every single email we yep. get and we would love even the spam and junk. Even spam and junk. We would love for you to send us some questions, some topics you'd like to talk about, but it's because of your questions that we are able to do an episode that we're going to do today and that yep. is we are going to be answering your questions. So we've compiled a list of questions that we've gotten from listeners and we are excited to go through and answer your questions. Yep. So wait before you go. Ooh. Not only can they email us ideas, but we are on Instagram you could and Facebook. Us, you could send us questions us, yeah. there, and we will see it as well. I'll give you Josh's personal cell phone number. Yes, either way, whatever <laughs> works for you. So yes, we are answering your questions today, and we would love it if you would send us more so we can do more episodes like this where we talk about what you want us to talk about. Yep. So let's just get down to it, Josh. Yes, we compiled here, some questions. Here is, we've got like a lot of options here, All so right. here we go. How did you, slash you. we, get the idea to launch the podcast? Oh, great question. It is a great question. Yeah. It was a dark and stormy night. We were sitting around thinking, hey, we got some knowledge. Let's get it out there and help some people. I've been a fan of podcasts. I love listening to podcasts. Usually when you do the dishes. Yes. Do the dishes, mow the lawn, any kind of chores, throw my earbuds in and listen away. And, you know, it was pretty cool. We thought two different perspectives. Yeah. You and I love hanging out. We do. We do it a so lot. We it's great. We would sit down at the desk we're sitting at a and lot of times to just talk yeah. about things going on. We're like, you know what? This would be good for this a client recorded. to hear. Right. You know, you know, the things we just talked about are the questions a lot of times the clients are asking me. Yeah. And I'd come to you and get your opinion. And so that what if we took that and made it into something that was usable, hopefully for other people, yeah. and value. And we did. And we, did. we launched at the best time ever. Oh yeah. January twenty twenty. That's right. <laughs> So we launched, had a cool party, mm -hmm. and got things rolling, got a good start, and then COVID hit, yep. and we continued to push our way through that. We recorded from home. We may only live like three or four miles apart, but we were Zooming. That doesn't mean we we're going quickly. That just meant we were using Zoom to record our podcast. Yes. But yeah, that was... In fact, that was, we had to turn our cameras off sometimes because the internet was the so internet slow. The internet was so we slow. We were not Zooming very well. Yeah, that's great. So that is why we launched our podcast. We want to just help explain financial topics that might be complicated or scary mm -hmm. to people in a very clear and concise way so that they can understand it as well as be entertaining. Yep. Because entertainment, you don't want to listen to a podcast that's boring. Especially about finance. So that is question number one. The next question. Here you go, Josh. This is yes, good. I'm ready. Is it better to completely pay off debt mm -hmm. or pay the balance due and increase your savings? Ooh. That's that a very good question. Yes. Now, there's a lot of variables in there. I was thinking there's a couple of ways we can talk about yes. this. And one is interest rate really matters to answer that question, yes. right? So if I have a credit card debt that's 18% interest rate. Yep. You probably pay better that pay off. that off yeah. because I don't think saving is going to get you anywhere to Absolutely. help offset what you're incurring there. And now, if you have like a of mortgage yeah. of 3%, 
maybe you don't pay extra on your mortgage. And that also compares to the asset because that's an appreciating asset long-term versus a depreciating asset. So to answer that question from a financial planner perspective... Guess what? Moderation. It, it depends. depends. It oh, really man, just depends. I know it's one of those two answers. Yeah. I always am a firm believer in you can do more than one goal at once. So if your goal is to pay down debt and to save for future goals, you can do both. And you got to find that balance between the two. Yep. I would definitely say, though, if it is a higher interest debt, yep. that's very hard to meet that hurdle of savings to keep up with that guaranteed amount of money that's showing up on that other end. That's where I am. It's a math question in my head is, Mm -hmm. A, is it a depreciating or appreciating asset? So really, the only kind of debt that I would view as on an appreciating asset is generally going to be your mortgage Mm -hmm. for most people. Yep. And that is, like we said, maybe not so bad, lower interest rates. And then you have a hurdle rate in my head of what can I expect to get out of my savings or in I'm, I'm thinking investments and at a very high level, you could say, am I potentially going to earn 8% in the market? If my interest rate's over 8%, that's just a no-no. Yep. You're going to lose money overall. Yep. The um, math doesn't work. Yeah, at a very, and that's at a very oversimplified high level. Mm-hmm. But two questions, is it appreciating or depreciating asset? Second question, is the interest rate over what I can earn on what I'm saving? Yeah. And then the third one would be, what's the time frame, right? Absolutely. So if it's, I could have this done in a year, well, then maybe you just knock that debt out and then get to savings. If it's this is going to take me 15 years, then maybe it's that combination of doing both along the way. Yeah. Because timing matters too. You may, you know, if it's a kind of a break even on interest, you may say, okay, what's the time frame? Is being debt free worth wasting one year of not savings or something like that? So yep. yeah, it's a hard question to answer. But in general, we're not fans of debt. And so we are a fan of paying it down as quick as possible. But Doing so with a plan and a purpose along with your other options and goals. Absolutely. Yeah, Solomon said it well. The debtor is slave to the lender. That's true. So let us not be chained to our debt. That's right. So here's a good one, and I this one can go a lot of different ways okay. too. Which marriages last longer? This is a sticky question. Those that have joint bank accounts or Ooh. separate bank Ooh. accounts? That sounds like it was a question asked maybe from an argument that had I, I probably in, in, in did. the past. It probably did. Uh, I think we probably both have opinions on this. Yes. Well, I guess for me, it's less to do with how the accounts are set up as how open and transparent you are with your money conversations. Because Austin, you and I both know that money issues are the leading cause for marital fights and divorce. And that's, you know, a lot of things drive down to money. I guess I really don't care how your accounts are structured if you have the open and honest communication and you're both are on the same wavelength when it comes to your goals, yeah. your saving and your spending. You know, that's the key. And then who cares how the accounts are set up? Yeah. I've seen a lot of times too, especially if you're like later stage life and second marriage or, you know, not your first marriage, that you come in with your own assets and you almost keep them separate because you're really not even thinking for your benefit, but for the beneficiaries benefit that yeah. you know, let's say I'm, you know, ninety years old and my new spouse is 90 years old and we have family already and these accumulated assets, instead of merging it all together, we each have our own state planning already figured out. Mm-hmm. You just let it flow, right? right? That's an extreme example. But the idea is there's reasons for you to have all different types of account structures and all that. Yeah. But are you in agreement on the same page and the trust has to be there? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that 
communication is key. And I also think that when it comes to the level of knowledge or interest of how your own finances run, like different account structures may lend themselves to work better in that situation. So in my family, I work in finance, I kind of manage our household finances and my wife likes it that way. She mm-hmm. knows enough to be dangerous, but not enough to get bogged down with details. So for us, it works out very well to have joint accounts and everything's super easy to find and super easy to, to navigate. But that is, it's really worked for us because she doesn't really care about all the details. If you have someone who is, yeah, in that boat where they're just not, it's not their forte. It's not where they want to spend a lot of time and focus. That could work. But there are a lot of people that it works to, to keep things separate. Different things are going different places. But as long as you can trust, yeah, trust is huge. Because that is the downside to separate accounts is there is an opportunity yep. to not be on the same page if you choose not to be. Yep. Um, so just, I guess, it's like knowing that conflict of interest up front. Yes. As long as you know it and take steps to, you know, just work through your accounts with each other and stuff like that, you'll probably be okay. Now, the other end is, you know, they, you see the joint account as being very open and transparent, but the downside is you both have a hundred percent access to it. So the lack of trust on the other end is like, well, they could either person could take a hundred percent of that money out and and there's no secrets rightly do so. You can't go shopping for your spouse. Yep. So I just have to say, yeah, honey, it's going to be on the credit card statement. I bought you something. Yeah. Don't look at that line from Amazon. (laughs) So to answer the question, it depends. I'm going to have that answer a lot. Oh, man. It's It's going to be good. Here is a good one, Josh. Do you invest in cryptocurrency? Why or why not? Oh, great question. I do have a little money in cryptocurrency and little being the relative turn there. Yeah. A couple of reasons why to answer that second question. So why is one, I wanted to know the experience so that I could speak about it. So when clients ask a question or whatever, I've gone through the process of opening up a wallet, transferring money into the wallet, purchasing a digital currency, going through the whole thing. So I would be aware of it. And also it's a new asset that is intriguing and I wanted to see what it was all about. But I approached it with the same way that I talked to my clients about is it's risky. There is The SEC has not re- registered this as an investment vehicle. Correct. They do not monitor it, nor is it in any way, shape, kind of in our sphere yet. And so I only put as much as I'm willing to lose in because I don't want to take any risk on something that really doesn't have much regulation yeah. at all right now. Well, and lately that's been a lot of losing. So yes, it's, it's been going down. There's not a lot like of eggs in 50% down right now, yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I have some exposure I try and keep it to a relatively low percentage of my total assets. A lot of my assets are in stocks, way, 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 way more than there is in cryptocurrency. And I think that that's prudent. But I also, like you, I thought that this is a new technology. This is a new asset class that is, it's intriguing. I want to know how it works. I want to know the technology. I want to understand how, how it how it functions. So I was always intrigued by that. So yeah, I have some cryptocurrency. I tend to even avoid some of the more speculative, like cryptocurrency is speculative, mm-hmm. but then there's a lot of really small and cryptocurrencies Brand new, that are even more speculative. So I tend to avoid some of the more speculative assets and lean into more of the well, more well-known stuff just because it's, it's risky, but it's a little bit less risky than even some of the new stuff that's out there. So yep. yes, that is a good question. So Josh, here's a doozy for you. Oh boy. If you, could interview any CEO. Now, it did not specify time frame. Okay. Who would it be and why? Ooh, that's a great question. There's some great CEOs out there that would be like just kind of pick their brain on. Yeah. But I also think there's some entertaining CEOs out there. Like if I'm talking to one, right. there's some pretty dull ones out there that oh, I know. run a great business, yeah. but they're just going to be boring. So I think I'd lean towards the 
I want to enjoy that interview. I know where you're going Enjoy here. that interview. And there's a handful that are in kind of that boat. Elon Musk is one. Okay. I think it would be an interesting yeah. one because he just seems kind of out there with some of his stuff. Yeah, but if we record it in Ohio, he can't smoke weed on the podcast. Yes. And that's kind so of be hard for him. So. I think Richard Bronson, who does or Virgin. Branson. Yeah, Branson, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Who Virgin does Galactic. Virgin Galactic and Virgin Airlines. Airlines. And he seems interesting. And I think that would be an interesting one because he's done a lot of different things. He's doing the space thing. That would be one I yeah. think would be interesting. Yeah. I personally, yeah, I was thinking, yeah, Elon Musk would be fascinating because it would give us a million listeners overnight. Mm -hmm. But I really think that I would love to dig in to the metaverse Mm. with Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, yeah. Zuckerberg is, you know, a controversial CEO. He's obviously really wealthy. And Facebook has got its own share of issues and has publicly for a long time. But his push towards this metaverse focus yep. is something that I find fascinating and it's not really got a lot of traction yet, but I think it could be huge. Yep. So I'd just love to dig into that. A yes. Bit. Zuck. What about though? I thought you might've gone with the CEO of who's that group that just bought the F1 and they're in Miami now. Uh, the oh, media, the media, Liberty media, Liberty media. That would have been you, good. That would have been you'll good. You'll sit in an F1 car while you interview them. Uh, that that would be maybe next year. Yeah, maybe next year. But so Liberty, so Liberty Media, yeah, they bought Formula One a handful of years mm-hmm. ago. They've really turned it around and made it very popular in the U.S. through a partnership with Netflix is Drive to Survive. Yep. They just had the I inaugural know. Grand Prix in Miami. In Miami, and I watched it live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I bet you did because like, it's actually in my time zone for once. Mm-hmm. And it was a great race, and obviously my driver won and my team won, so I'm really happy. But the Formula One is growing in the United There's States. There's celebrities there. It was pretty popular. I mean, like Michael Jordan was yes. there. Everyone was there. Serena and Venus, Venus Williams were yep. there. Uh, I mean, it was like if the who's who of the, the world was there. And entertainment. Tom yeah, Brady was there. there. Yep. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. That is not what we're talking about today. No, I was just, I thought that would be a but good But if one. you did want, to learn more about Formula One, we have an episode about the economics mm-hmm. of Formula One. So That's check true. that out. That's All right, Josh, here's another one. This is a little bit more about life. Ooh. I want to simplify my life. How do I do that? Okay. How do you simplify your life? Do you I not have kids? Idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's the first one. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, you know, the key to that, in my opinion, is setting up the framework for the why. Mm-hmm. Because then you can eliminate the things that are not helping you get there. So, you know, I always talk about having goals, right? When we're talking about finance, having goals, that's, that's the why piece. And so if you want to simplify your life, there's a lot of things you probably do and are time consuming that maybe aren't helping you get to that end yep. point. And that's, to me, how you simplify it. Now, if you're just talking straight finances, just like it's everywhere, find tools that help you with that. There's a lot of technology out there to really reduce. We've talked about, you know, there's those aggregating things like mm-hmm. mint.com or anything like that, where they can help you get all the stuff you need in one spot a lot easier. Right. But simplification really comes down to understanding the why. And if it's not within that track, you kind of can push it off this side and focus more in on what you need to get to that end spot. Yeah. My thoughts on that is embrace saying no, mm-hmm. because there are more things to do and good things even. Yes. Then you can do at least do well. Yeah. And especially as you add kids and a spouse and all that and a house to the equation, that kind of rhymes. I could write a book. Two dogs. And two dogs. You add all this stuff to the equation and you have less and less availability to do everything well. You only have 100% of you. Yep. You're giving a lot of it at work. 
you got to be able to do everything else well and your family needs to be a priority. So being willing, not only able, everyone's able, but being willing to say no yes. to even good things is really key. Like if you just have a week where you have too much, say no to doing something mm-hmm. on Saturday. Yeah. Like take the day to be with your yep. family and, and recharge and that's Very the good. way to simplify your life. Yep. So, all right, here's another one. What's the most important thing to you in your life? Go ahead. You go first. I've been answering all these. You got it. Yeah, I would say this is where, you know, I have higher level thoughts of my faith. Mm -hmm. My faith in Jesus Christ is my most important thing in my life, and it's impacted everything and who I am, as well as how I live my life and lead my family. So Mm -hmm. that's where I would say is the most important, and it directly relates to everything I do. Yep. Yeah, mine starts faith and then family, and you cover that really well. I mean, that that direction drives who I am. Yeah. And then the family is second there, and yep. that then drives, talk about simplifying, that drives to that piece of, you know, those are the priorities. Do I have enough time to do those well? Yeah. And that's the key. Totally. But yeah, those are the, the top priorities. We are on the same page there. Josh, what is the best principle that you can teach your kids? Ooh. And we're just talking finance. I, I took this as a finance question. That seems good. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. So that's where I'm going to go with this because there's a lot of things you know you could do. Is like, go, go, yeah. go where I think you're going. Yeah, but I think for kids, if we're talking finance principles, creating positive habits is the key. Mm-hmm. The, the first of which is creating that idea of saving versus spending, the delayed gratification. Yep, that to me is huge. Is that there's nothing wrong with buying things and there's nothing wrong with having cool stuff. But the idea of weighing it versus what else you could use it for is huge. And teaching them the principle of delayed gratification is huge. Because mm-hmm. in today's time frame, when we got streaming, you have your phone, you could, I mean, everything's instant. So to be able to teach the kids that, hey, you can create the habits to get a bigger goal if you can say no. Like go back to your saying no. Say, Say no, no to those things of the right now. Yeah. What about you? Compounding. That's if young great. people understood the power, oh, that's huge. They would change the way they live their financial. Life. I truly believe that, and I think it goes back to education. You know? Yeah. You're only going to know the power of compounding if you're taught it, because sadly, at least as of right now, you know it's not a mainstream educational topic. I think that if people really understood the power of compounding, they would save more and spend less. Mm-hmm. They would view debt differently because they'd say, "Well, why would I, I don't I, I shouldn't take on all this extra debt because I need to be saving some money." And it would just change the way that they think of every aspect yep. of their financial life. So, just just education of compounding is where I would go. Good. What did you want to be, Josh, when you were a kid? Went through phases. Yeah, you know, all different. You know, kind of the normal. I think kid stuff of like, ooh, an astronaut sounds cool. Yeah. Going out in space. It's not uh, too late. For a long period of time, baseball was like huge in my life. And I was like, man, I want to be a pitcher, a major league baseball yep. pitcher. Still do, but I think I'm on the <laughs> tail <laughs> end of that side thing. They're not getting a lot of 39 year old pitchers no. joining. But for the later ages, and this wasn't a career, but it was more of what I wanted to do when I grew up was be a coach. And I, I get to do that mm-hmm. as a dad. With my kids, which is fun, most of the time, you know, depending on the age group, sometimes it's more herding cats than it is coaching. <laughs> right. uh, but you know, that's the enjoyable. I also got the opportunity to coach at high school level, which was really rewarding to yeah. have kids who were good at the sport, who were passionate about the sport, and they were looking to you to help them 
kind of move up to that next level. When you were so, in shape back then, because you were running And I was in shape. Team. That was very helpful for me to be in shape <laughs> for that, too. Kept me in shape. But coaching, I would say, that later stage, something that I've even been able to do was, was coach. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Austin? Yeah, I mean, I went through phases as well. I remember when I was little, I wanted to be a football player. Yep. I got to do that in, in high, mm-hmm. junior high and high school, and it was cool, but it wasn't ever anything I made money at, you know? Mm-hmm. I guess I technically was kind of pseudo grown up at that point yeah. in my little kid's mind. I wanted to be a helicopter pilot at one point, too. I never really gained any traction either. And I actually took a, I wanted to get into finance at a relatively young age, so I was able to do that. There you go. So that worked out pretty well. All right, here's a good one for you, Josh. Can you start saving at age 50? And still retire. Sure. And we just we laughed when we yeah. previewed this question. We laughed because we said, "Yep, if you want to, if you want to retire at eighty or ninety, yeah. man, you're all set." I, now I always say this, and it's at half joke, but it's true. Anybody can retire at any point in time. It just you may not like what that Living lifestyle style, is, yeah. but yes, you can yeah. start saving at fifty and still retire. Yes, you know if you're somebody who had been working and just hadn't been able to save. You had hopefully been accruing social security benefits along the way, right. you know, or there's opportunity. But the the thing is that yes, you can. Yeah, starting at any point in time is great. Yeah, but it would just mean adjusting your time frame. You can't start from scratch at fifty and retire at fifty five, probably, yeah. unless you're earning unless a you ton put, of money, putting four and million dollars, very away, little yeah. bit of money. And so, yes, you can. Yeah, I mean, I would just piggyback on that and and kind of build on what I was already talking about with what you will have to do if you start a little bit later in life is put more of your own dollars in. Your dollars have had less time to compound and grow into more dollars, so you're putting more of your actual money to work instead of the less dollar amount that has grown on its own. So just playing a little bit of catch-up, you're going to have to put more money to work to meet those goals. But like you said, if you can put enough money away, you can make it happen. Yes. And I mean, the government acknowledges that in that they allow for catch-up contributions after age 50 and that they increase the amount that someone over 50 can add to retirement accounts. So is that like a buying Heinz stock? Yes, it's not mustard, but it's catch-up contributions. <laughs> but the idea there is they acknowledge that you're probably in higher earning years, yeah. have a little more cash flow, and you're probably looking to kind of enhance your savings ability because you're getting closer to that retirement. Right. So there are opportunities there where it actually will help you save more through those benefits. Yeah. All right, two more questions, Josh. All right. What financial decision are you most proud of? Oh, financial decision that I'm most proud of is, um, I would say, starting saving early, you know, right after college, I'd open up a Roth IRA and mm-hmm. put as much money as I could in there. I wish I could have done more. Always looking back on the compounding well, that Austin told me about. Well, of course. You know, but starting that habit was key. And so, you know, I can look back on that and say, you know, I'm glad I at least started that habit. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that, I don't know, it's kind of a more recent one, but I, I refinanced when mortgage rates were at the yeah. valley of COVID. Yeah. And I got a really good rate and a really good term, and it makes me never want to move. Mm-hmm. So when I look back at, you know, I look at mortgage rates and interest rates all the time, I'm like, ha ha. That was when bottom. I refinanced. It was literally it. within weeks of the bottom. So that was pretty fun. Not always going to time it that well, but it worked out that there time. You go. And the dad joke of the week, a there little we late. Okay. Is, and, I, and I'm going to say that. Shout out to Cooper McKenna. I heard this at church yesterday okay. morning. I'm ready. All right. Knock, knock. Who's there? Ah. Ah, who? Bless you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> 
Classic. I love it. All right, last but not least, Josh, if you had to write a yes. fiction book, what would be the main plot? Ooh, that's good. I mean, there's so many good books out there that you feel like I know. Can what you plots rob, are still yeah, out there? You know? from what's yeah. out there already? Um, I enjoy a series where the main character progresses through. And so, you know, you look at some of those long, you know, like multi-book series where you, you're following the same character through events. And right. I, I love those like, continuation stories. Right. If I was to write a book, being a dad, maybe like a dad and kids adventure of some sort. Okay. Right. I think that would be cool. Like yeah. they're playing crashes and they're trying to survive and waiting for rescue and the adventures that ensue there or something like that. Yeah. That's pretty like cool. the Swiss family Robinson type of thing. See, that's See, they already did the it. Ah, too late. Already, already. Man. Man. Not again. <sighs> but that, I think, I think that would be that a fun would be one. Fun. What about you? Austin? I would say, I think a superhero book mm. about, or not a book. I guess it could be a book. Yeah, but, yeah. we're talking about a book. Yeah, I was book. thinking a movie, but yeah, a superhero, a, a superhero with book special needs. Yes, I okay. think would be sweet. Yeah. Because as some of our listeners may know, I have a daughter with special needs, and I just want her to know that she can do anything mm-hmm. that she wants to, and that she sets her mind to. So I think a superhero with special needs would be the coolest plot ever. Now, I will say it's a cartoon, but I think they're doing a lot better job of incorporating yeah. in more and more of those things so paw patrol yeah has a dog now that is in a wheelchair like it's back legs yeah. were hurt or whatever and so i think which again going back to who's watching paw patrol exactly. i mean besides me who who's it, who's it targeted <laughs> towards is is kids right mm-hmm. and so for them to see things like that incorporated right. into there is is great I that's think. cool so so josh that is the first episode of a new series, which yes. will hopefully be continuing, yes. of questions from listeners. That's right. So, how can uh, how can our listeners help us to continue to grow this podcast? Yeah, well, make sure you share it with your friends. If you one of these questions were asked is something that they may be asking themselves, share this episode with them. Make sure you subscribe. That way, every Thursday you get our newest episode sent straight to your listening device, and leave us a review on whatever podcasting listening platform you use it's always great we appreciate it it makes more people find us when they're searching and the most important one that we mentioned earlier but we're going to mention it again yes. is email us any ideas any questions any thoughts you have to hello at the invested dads.com like i said we read every one and we will definitely do another one of these episodes where we are answering your questions so that we are talking about what you want us to talk about all right all right well until next thursday have a great week all right talk to you later bye Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh Robb and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. 
indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.